You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 95. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all and welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so this week, this Sunday, it is the 1st of October. But if you want to change your drinking, it's likely to be, maybe you're seeing it like this, is the 1st of sober October. Right, now before I get going on today's podcast, actually I'm going to talk about how to do sober October in a different way this year what I would recommend. But before I get going on that, I'm going to say I'm going to be running a mini Sober October program this year. So each day on my socials, some Facebook, my Facebook page, and on Instagram, both of which you can get a link to from my 90dayslater.co website. And both of those, I'm going to be giving daily tips and techniques and tools. And I'm going to be going live regularly on Facebook So be sure to make my 90 Days Later with Anna Charles Facebook page, one that you check out. And I may also be going live on Instagram as well. That seems like a fun thing. Haven't done it before. So go ahead and follow those pages. Follow me there. Now, I'm also going to be holding a workshop um, with and it's going to have a complete workbook. We're going to do some work together. And that's going to be on Thursday, the 12th of October. If you want to get all the details of that, you want to go to 90dayslater.co forward slash sober October. It's all one word, sober October. You sign up there and you will get the details for that. And I am recording it as well. So if you miss the call, if you're not able to go because of time of day, if you register there with me, you will also receive the recording and the workbook too. And I'm doing this fairly early in the month so that, you know, it's a good time to be able to see how well you've been doing by then and have like a mini reset in the middle of the month if you think you need to adjust. All right, so there we go. That's what I'm doing this year for Sober October. Okay, so now we're going to move into the meat of today's podcast, which is some words on doing Sober October to set it up for you so that you have more long-term success. And this really, really comes from my very, very firm belief that life with less alcohol or even no alcohol is a lot more fun than you might think. I used to think it wouldn't be. I now admit I was totally wrong. Right, And that comes from someone who used to tell anyone who would listen that French Chablis was really the most delicious thing ever. Okay, so today I'm going to be giving you some practical tips to do Sober October differently in 2023. So you may want to grab a pen and a piece of paper. Now, I want to start at the very beginning as Maria von Trapp or Julie Andrews, in fact, would have said by saying that the usual advice around Sober October sits in the following categories. You need to be tough and hard on yourself, right? You need to avoid drinking, friends who drink, places where there is drink. This might even mean, if you're a little bit extreme on this, removing every drop of alcohol from the house can also mean getting, you know, your spouse and your friends and your family to not drink around you. We do that too also means distracting yourself, right? So you'll do anything, anything 
just to hold off the time when you want to drink, right? So we're kind of we're powering our way through. Now, doing these three things, so being tough on yourself, avoiding and distracting, actually, to start with, you might have some success with it. And certainly for small chunks of time, success with any of these strategies is, is for sure possible, right? And if you have some small success, especially at the start of the month, that can feel good, right? Now, this is to do also, though, with the brain and how the brain is wired, because anything that is new to us, and especially if something where we're getting some little hit of success, you're going to feel a bump up in motivation. You're going to have some, that's actually going to give you dopamine, right? We get dopamine, not just from wine and beer. We get dopamine from achievement, from a sense of achievement and doing good. So, you do these three things, you're kind of willpowering your way through, avoiding and distracting, and you're having a little bit of success and you feel motivated. Here's the deal with the brains though. Our brains are designed to not find new things new for long. This is all to do with how we're programmed. And what happens is after we've been doing something for a bit, it's kind of like the brain says, ah, okay, we're doing this now, are we? We're doing this distracting, we're doing this avoiding and we're just doing this, we're doing this willpowering thing now, right? That's what we do. We're going to make that more the norm. And the moment that happens, then we automatically start to not find this so exciting, right? We just, because it's now, this is what we're going to do. We're kind of like, oh, this is where I remember being. Is this, this, so this is my life. This is how I'm going to get through every evening or certainly every evening when I go out. Mm, don't like the sound of that. And that's when motivation falls off. It's about the same time we realise we're actually not enjoying that new way of drinking because it's a grind, right? Because, you know, again, it, I used to think it was. I mean, can you imagine going through life like that? I certainly couldn't. Now, there may be some of you out there who say, yep, yeah. yeah, but that just wasn't something that I found at all attractive, right? I just didn't want to be always fretting or worrying about what situation I might be involved in, never being enough wine or never having to, never be, being able rather to have any wine again, ah, right? And that thought alone, right, had me running too well, even if I'm successful here, right? Even if I do this well, if I go through a whole of sober October, even if I can carry on not drinking, by being tough, avoiding and distracting. I don't want to feel this way always. I just knew I didn't want that. And so that thought alone, boom, would kick me straight back to the beginning because I would revert and I'd think, right, there we go. Mm, back to that same old, same old, I will, why will I never learn? So that was me. Or maybe you're somebody who, as you go through Sober October, you kind of cheat a little here or there. So this is a cheat. I'm going to have a drink. It's the 26th of October. No, that's okay, right? And this is another reason why this distracting, being tough on you and avoiding doesn't work because there are going to be days in our lives when things aren't going well, when we're going to be feeling stressed out, we're feeling shy, we're feeling in the need just for companionship, for, for whatever. You know, we, we have needs, we have human emotional needs. And in those moments, having no, <laughs> no, you can't, Anna, as your response is not going to be enough. Right, so my main, so that's sort of why the usual advice doesn't work for sober October, doesn't work in the long term. So the first thing I want you to think about is this is not just about the action, right? And when you go through sober October, it's not about just saying no to the drink. I mean, you may be familiar with this. 
And here I'm not even talking actually about sober October. I'm just talking about generally if you think you drink too much and you were to chat about it with someone or open up with someone, they may just say, well, why don't you just say no? Well, just just don't drink. I mean, just try to drink a bit less tonight. Is that, oh, what do you think I've been trying to do? trying to do all this time right so I don't want you to think it's all about the action when we talk about this at the action we talk about the act of drinking we're dealing then at a at a very superficial level now having said that I will also say that to some extent why we might be thinking it's about the action of drinking makes sense because of course we do have to actually do things to achieve things We cannot make changes to our lives simply by visualizing and thinking our way to success, right? By thinking differently. You still got to go out and do the thing. I mean, even lottery winners have to buy the ticket. But there's a huge difference between actually doing nothing by just sitting there thinking about it and thinking that action is the only uh, consideration. There's a whole world in between those two extremes. And what ends up happening often, I see, is that we try not to drink and and then you end up drinking and then you feel stuck, right? But I want you to see that the drinking itself, the act of you picking up the glass and putting it to your mouth and drinking, in fact, there's a lot of action there that you go through before you get that end result. That doesn't just happen on its own. It's about the act of drinking, yes, but not just that. It's about deciding and what you are deciding for yourself. Now, we do this... For everything in life. Let me give you an example. I am scared of heights. I have a lot of experience of this from when I was very young all the way through my life. It's kind of been something that's been there. And this is what I go around saying about myself. You know, I'm someone I'm I'm scared of heights, I've got vertigo, and it's a really strong belief in me. Now it's not so debilitating that it really impacts on my life, but I do see and acknowledge how it modifies my thinking. Now, if someone were to say to me, here you go, Anna, here's a free parachute jump. jump. You've got an instructor, we've got this brilliant plane, um, you know, the, everything, you don't have to do anything, it's totally free, all you've got to do is turn up and do it. Now, I really don't think there is any amount of money that you could pay me to do that. I mean, honestly, I just don't think because it just doesn't come to mind. And think about it, all I would have to do in that scenario is to, well, not really do anything, actually. I just have to be there and just have to be there when the instructor takes a step off or pushes me off or whatever, right? So it's not even that there's any action I have to not do. I just have to be there. When you think about it, a similar situation might be if you were asked to sing at a karaoke bar, and all you've got to do is read the words and sing. You probably sing in your shower and sing at home. But whether you do or not, whether you sing or not in the karaoke bar, it's not going to be about the action of singing right it's going to be all about how you see yourself and your skills and what other people are going to think and if there are a lot of people there and if the people know you if you like the song right it's going to be all those thoughts we're having because our thoughts drive our actions so it's not just about the drinking I want you to look at your beliefs it's the first action I want you to look at your beliefs and look at what's blocking your progress I want you to look at what you go around saying about yourself things like I always drink I've always drunk I don't know how to moderate. Look at my family. I come from a family of heavy drinkers. I have such a stressful job. It's the only way I know how to wind down. It's the only way I need to shut up my thoughts. I'm a white wine girl. Life without alcohol be so dreary. I mean, all of that stuff. Those are our beliefs. I want you to imagine 
like in the old days here, an old cassette tape. You, you can plug in a cassette tape into you and that this is what you're hearing on repeat the whole time. This is, this is the story of, this is your song, your story about you and alcohol. So that's the first thing. What you see, it's not just about the act of drinking. It's about what goes before the drinking. And you may believe all that stuff. You may tell me it's true. It is just so true. You might feel it is true in every one of your bones. But it isn't. This is not, these are not truisms. These are just beliefs that you have that start in your mind. Now, how we can unwind this is I want you to ask, why is it important for you to change? This is the why question, super important. I'm going to go back to me and the example of me in Heights. I can see rationally and logically that I'm attaching something about me. I'm, you know, having, I have this story about me in Heights. I even like flying, right? That's all part of my Heights story. But I'm okay with it. I don't make it mean there's anything bad with me. It's not something I necessarily want to change. You know, you might say it's, it's completely illogical that you're scared of being high. Now I could say, yep, I can get that, but I'm fine with it. I'm totally cool with it. It doesn't get in my way. Now, other people might say, but oh, it does get in your way, Anna. I mean, you can't do all these fun activities like bungee jumping. I mean, you wouldn't take this parachute jump with this really, you know, top class instructor. You wouldn't be able to walk along a rope bridge. It's why your skiing isn't very good. I mean, if you didn't, weren't so scared of heights, you'd enjoy flying more and all and all of this stuff, right? You, I can be sold on this. You can tell me all that stuff, but none of that stuff matters to me at all. Now, if I were feeling miserable every night, hating my life about the fact that I can't go on a plane without feeling scared or I can't do this or can't do that, and then I was maybe drinking or overeating or strolling or Netflixing, then maybe I would be looking at this story about me and heights differently. So I really want you to ask why you want to change your drinking, because that will be the thing that makes this a success for you or not. And it's the thing that will help you especially get through the tough times. And, and while I'm on this, for those of you out there who think, but it's, it's for my health. Yes, I think health can be a hugely important why, but I don't think it's always all the story. On eight, at eight o'clock on a Friday evening, after you've had a stressful week, you are not going to be thinking, oh, I better not have this drink. It's the 14th of October or whatever because of my health. Now, for some of you, it will work. It never did for me. It doesn't often for people. We say, okay, well, I can be healthy in the morning, right? So I want you to, if you've got health as your number one reason, fine, but I want you to look for something else. And I want you to see just really in your bones how important this is to you. And that's important because it's how you will then go about starting to change your relationship with yourself first. We start with ourselves before we go to changing our relationship with alcohol. Because here's the thing, a sober October serves as a very good temporary fix. It's kind of like a we put a little plaster on it. You know, we sort of, we put your arm, if you've got a broken arm, it's like the equivalent of putting your arm in a sling rather than going to the hospital and getting it reset and all the rest of it right? Now stopping for 30 days or even trying to reduce your intake for 30 days is a good thing. You will not have me arguing with that. There are many health reasons why. There are many, many, many reasons that are documented. But what I would encourage you to do is to see this as the beginning to the rest of your life. And for that to happen, it needs to be maintainable, the approach. 
right? And a huge part of this is changing your relationship with yourself, which is trusting yourself to follow through, trusting yourself to not be mean to yourself when you don't, because my friend, there are going to be times when you do not. Even if you get to the point where you've been not over drinking for ages, there might still be times when you do. It's, you know, we're not perfect. We're not machines. There are going to be days when things don't go to plan. It's like anything in life. It's like driving. It's like baking. I baked many, 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 many cakes in my life. And yeah, I have flops as well, but I don't make it mean anything about me. I don't say that's it. I'm not going to be able to do this again. So you need to have you on board with this change around drinking. It cannot be a battle between you and the wine. It is not about the wine. It is about you and how you are willing to see yourself and what you make it mean and what you want to get from your life. Because otherwise you're just going to be thrashing yourself to result. You'll be whipping your way all the way to the 31st of October. You won't be finding it fun. And then guess what? 1st of November, you'll be right back at it. So if you only learn one thing from this sober October and learn one thing from this podcast today, even if you don't listen to any of my brilliant, if I say so myself, social tips and posts and so on that's coming next month or the workshop I want you to think about how you talk to yourself. I want you to observe how you talk to yourself. Maybe write it down, right? Write down how you're thinking about yourself. And then I want you to see and consider how being kinder to yourself is going to stand you in more, more stead for lifelong change and if you power your way with, through with willpower. This is back to your learning a new skill. Think about if you have a child and they are learning to write. Maybe they've been learning to write for a couple of years. And then they come home and they've got really mess a handbook of a handbook of uh, really messy handwriting. You're not going to scream at them. Look at you. You're useless. You're never going to be able to write. You've been doing this for two years. You should know better. No. You might ask what happened there. Okay. How can we adjust that? Or you might say, okay, just had a bad day. Let's, you know, that's okay. Let's do a little bit of writing now. Let's prove to ourselves that just because we didn't do it so well there doesn't mean we're always going to do it that way, right? That's how I want you to talk with yourself. Now, finally, I have a word on excuses. Our brains love excuses. They keep them handy. It's kind of like they our brains have a little black book of them. Right, I'm going to thumb through. Here's a situation we're dealing with. Here's a circumstance. I'm going to pull this little excuse out for you to try here, Anna. Right? And they come out thick and fast, especially when we're doing something for the first time or we're doing something we're not sure that we can do, such as Sober October, right? Because maybe we're afraid it won't work. Maybe we're uncertain of the outcome. Maybe we're not sure why we're doing it in the first place. Do I really want to be doing this? Right? Our brains, they are wired up. They have a straight line to excuses. So if you're sitting around thinking that all your excuses need to go away, you're going to be incredibly frustrated because 100% that can't happen. This happens in all parts of our life. This is not just drinking. This is just, you know, us excuses there as humans. So my friend, you have my permission to never call yourself lazy or useless or incapable of learning or incapable of drinking less simply because you have excuses and sometimes you use them. I instead... I want you to get good at tuning into yourself, right? This is part of that, having a better relationship with yourself. Get good at hearing your excuses and then deciding to change them for the better. Turn your excuses into giving yourself some compassion. 
Something like, yeah, Anna, I know you might not feel like doing it right now. I hear you. I hear you. This is what we're going to do right now. Because I know that what I do in this moment is more important than deciding I'm bored of doing this. So I'm just going to go back to having a drink and starting again tomorrow. I know that the next best decision I can make for myself is going to get me closer to where I want to be than just to pulling up a chair and getting really cosy with all those excuses I've used again and again and again. All right, so my friend, those are my recommendations for how to do Sober October differently this year. By the way, if you do follow these and if you do slip up, if you do have a drink, please do not get into writing the whole month off with all those sorry old things that you used to say for yourself. Just keep going. Ask what can I do differently? What's the next best thing I can do for myself? And keep going. You will feel tremendous when you get to the end of the month. And that is the energy that is going to keep you motoring through November, December and all the way through into next year. Okay, that's it for today. But in closing, again, I wanted to remind you I'm going to be running a mini Sober October program each day on my socials. I'm going to be giving tips and techniques and tools and stuff. It's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss it. Going live regularly. And then on the 12th of October, on Thursday, I'm going to be doing a workshop on Sober October. I'm going to have a workbook that you can use. We're going to go through some of it on the call there. And then that's for you to use for the rest of the month. To get involved, to get all the details, you're going to want to go to 90dayslater.co forward slash Sober October, which is all one word. Now, I also want to say that if you know friends or family who also want to get involved with this, I mean, maybe they're not listening to the podcast, maybe they're not maybe as serious as you about this, and then maybe they're not quite as driven for this, but, you know, they think they might want to just you know, do Sober October and, and learn something about themselves this year. Get them to sign up too. It could be fun doing it with others around you, create a little community. Because as I said at the start of the podcast, I firmly and utterly believe that life with less alcohol is a lot more fun than you might think. And if you're like, yeah, I get it. I want to do it. I'm going to do Sober October differently this year. But actually, you know, I want to bump start on that. I want to really get going. I want to figure out my why and just get this done, get this sorted let's talk. Book your free call with me. It's no strings attached. We'll talk about where you are, where you want to be. I'll paint the plan to get you there. Then it's totally up to you what you might choose to do. But I tell you this, you will leave that call with more information and more awareness about why you are where you are than when you join the call. So whether you want to work with me or not, you really have nothing to lose. Okay, that's on 90dayslater.co and it's the box uh, book a call. And I will see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.